Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and this week I am joined by none other than our main man, Cody. Cody, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, you know, holiday seasons are upon us as we're recording this Wednesday night, Thursdays, uh, tomorrow, Thanksgiving here, if you're listening to us in the United States. Um, so, you know, big day tomorrow. We uh, had a three-game slate of NFL games, but one of those got postponed, the, the better of the three. So now uh, I think this is a, an attempt here of the NFL to uh, to uh, help us not have large group gatherings with the two games slated for tomorrow, <laughs> as four of the worst teams in the league will be going at it. But remember, guys, we are daily in terms of podcasts here in the We Know Fantasy Podcast Network. I won't run down everyone because at this point you should know that. But, you know, every single day of the week and, uh, you know, coming next uh, Sunday night, this Sunday coming up is the debut of the We Know Fantasy Dynasty and Devi podcast with our main man, Nick, a.k.a. the Fantasy Mechanic, and host, Will Uryan. Uh, Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on our twitch.tv slash We Know Fantasy. You can find Brian. As he uh, does live starter set questions, find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy Cody, where people find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. All right, guys, and visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for uh, you know a lot of great content there as well, and ter- as well as uh, weekly series and uh, articles. So that's that for the introduction here. So we're going to have a Thanksgiving themed, you know. A podcast here, you know, Thanksgiving typically in a normal year that isn't uh, under quarantine with a, a national pandemic, or I guess it's not national, it's international pandemic going on here uh, with the uh, aforementioned uh, coronavirus happening, COVID-19. But we do get two games tomorrow. We get t- uh, Texans versus Lions in the 1 uh, p.m. game. Then we have the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys in the uh, 4 uh, p.m. or 4.05, 4.25, whenever that game kicks off, that's when that game will be going. We did have a good one between the Ravens and the Steelers that, at the 8 o'clock kickoff, but that has been postponed till Sunday, I believe. So we're going to talk about those games, talk about the fantasy relevance there. We'll talk about some players we're thankful for uh, this season and the players we're not thankful for. And, of course, we cannot end this podcast without talking food. So uh, we'll be doing that today, but let's kick it off here. Here, let's talk about the 1 p.m. game. We have the Houston Texans versus the Detroit Lions. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our pickums later as, you know, on the Wednesday show, we always do our pickums. So we'll talk about the that uh, that aspect of the game uh, later on in this podcast. But we're going to talk about the fantasy relevance here. We're each going to give a lock and a long shot for these two games that we have this, this week. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of eyes will be on these two games. So uh, a lot to be uh, broken down here. We'll kick it off here. Houston, Texas versus Detroit Lions. I'm going to go with my fantasy lock here, and I think it's safe to say Deshaun Watson should have a game here against the Detroit Lions. This defense is is poor. Deshaun Watson had 330-some yards last week, only two touchdowns against the England Patriots. But, you know, he he is he is very good. This Texans team is just not good. Um but uh, we'll talk about a long shot on that team, catching the ball from him later on by Cody. But yeah, Deshaun Watson against this Detroit Lions team, um, it, it's, it's straightforward. We know how good Watson is. We know how bad this Lions defense is. Is there a world where you're not playing Deshaun Watson, Cody? No, I definitely have to start Deshaun Watson right now. He's just been so hot lately. And when I first looked at the show notes here to fill out you know who I was going to be talking about. The first guy that comes to mind when you think of 
a lock from this game has got to be Deshaun Watson. He's he's just been performing right now. Ever it seems ever since Bill O'Brien kind of got run out of town there that he's just found something with that offense and he's been opening it up more and he's had a ton of great fantasy games. He's a very good quarterback right now. And yeah, there's no situation where I would be benching him against the soft Detroit secondary. Yeah. And on top of that, he's uh, without Bill O'Brien there. We've, we've seen a Brandon cooks become relevant again, but yeah, last week against new England, he had 31 fantasy points. We know that game against uh, uh, Cleveland when the team only scored seven points. He had 14 fantasy points but beyond that he scored 24 plus uh dating back to what is it week five of the season so you get guaranteed points there no doubt about it rushing upside everything you want out of a fantasy football quarterback here from deshaun watson here against the detroit lions who uh you know they're middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points a lot of quarterbacks that they're slapped out of the middle there at 15th but you know this defense still is a pretty suspect one uh, Cody, let's talk about your lock here. This is an interesting one and a very hot topic across the fantasy football community. Yeah, definitely. My lock for this week in this game is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is currently the running back 15 on the season in PPR formats. He's off to a little bit of a slow start. You can kind of attribute that, I think, to the fact that he's a rookie, the fact that he didn't get a real training camp or any preseason games to kind of get his legs under him in the NFL. But over the last few games, he has been really good for your fantasy teams, uh, especially since the bye week for the Detroit Lions. He has uh, he's recorded over 11 PPR fantasy points in seven of nine games this season, including five of the last six. He's got a great floor because of his pass catching ability. 31 receptions in nine games this year from your running back. That's pretty good. He, he's seen a ton of opportunity in that backfield and. He's been slowly and slowly chipping away at the Adrian Peterson workload in that offense. He's He seems to be slowly taking over. He's been set back a little bit. I think he had a concussion, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, that he missed last week. So, yeah, he's, he's coming back from that. He should be back from that this week, facing the 30th-ranked run defense in the NFL in the Houston Texans. I think he's set up for a big week. Yeah, uh, at this point, if we were talking about DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and of course Jonathan Taylor, I think Swift has the brightest future ahead of him. He has shown that he can do it all, like you said, very efficient in the pass-catching game. He's seen at least four targets in every game except that Week 3 game uh, where he was really involved in that offense. Uh, uh, but yeah, every game he's played, he's seen at least four, most of the time, five targets doing well with that last week, 81 yards rushing, 68 receivings, and a score through the air. This guy is a great talent. And like you said, Houston is a fantastic matchup here. They can't stop the run to save their lives. Um, I don't see a world where Adrian Peterson is the, you know, say lead rusher now that Swift is putting up quite these numbers, but he is coming off a concussion. I did, I uh, do think he missed, he missed last week, I believe. Yeah, I think they, yep, last week he missed with that concussion. Um, so, yeah, it's if he's clear to play, which I think he is, and I think it's safe to say that he, he will be out there. I think he's got a what, questionable tag on him right now. I'm not too yeah, concerned so about far. that. I think he's out there. I think he's out there, and he's going to have a fantastic week. So, long shots here. I'll let you kick off with long shots. Who, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this guy when talking about Deshaun Watson briefly, not really his name, but did prelude to him. Who is your long shot here for some fantasy relevance on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, my fantasy long shot in this day is going to be Kiki Kuti, and that's a name you probably haven't heard for quite some time in fantasy, at least 
since probably the middle of last year. Uh, but you might look at his stats and kind of think, well, why would you even consider, you know, thinking about this guy? Because he only has four receptions for 21 yards on the season. But Randall Cobb just placed on the IR this week. Kenny Stills ruled out of the game. So that's going to make Kuti the number three wide receiver in this Houston offense coming into the game. And we talked about Deshaun Watson. He's red hot right now. He's one of the better fantasy quarterbacks in the league when you combine his rushing ability and his passing ability. And then you got the Detroit defense. They're 21st ranked against opposing wide receivers. So I don't know. QT could be good enough to maybe steal you a double-digit fantasy game if he comes out and, and gets these targets that a potential wide receiver three in this Houston offense could get. Yeah, we saw him. He scored a touchdown last week and route to nine fantasy points on four targets, two receptions, and 10 yards. Uh, but yeah, this is a guy that you've probably, you know, flirted with a few times the last few seasons, getting into your lineup, and he's been gone in and out, in and out, because that's what he does. But look at Yahoo here is owned in 1% of leagues. And if you're going to play some DFS tomorrow, you only have uh, four teams to pick from. Kute could be a, a fantastic pick for you because you have to find those um, hidden gems there that set you apart from the other players because everyone's gonna play the same players when you have four teams to pick from if you're doing a thanksgiving day slate but yeah i like this here we both hyped up to sean watson spoke about him and, and this offense and how bad the detroit lions defense is so yeah no argument out of me here i'd like to see uh him have a, have a fantastic week as well um especially with uh watson throwing for 330 last week you know there's a lot of yards to go around and a lot of targets to go along with it so my long shot here, I'm going Marvin Hall. This is a name you may have heard earlier this season in, in a few games. He uh, will probably play here second fiddle, unless you want to count third fiddle with TJ or with TJ Hawkinson on the field. But Kenny Galladay is out again for this Thanksgiving Day matchup. You know, uh, Marvin Jones will become the wide receiver one, or I guess continue to be the wide receiver one since Kenny Galladay can't stay on the field this year. But Jones has had some good weeks. He's had a you know 15.3 and a 14.1 uh, point performance thus far this season. You know that big week uh, eight against the Colts, 113 yards on four receptions. He only has two touchdowns on the, on the season, but that's nothing to uh, shine shine down on. As bad as the Lions' defense is, we've been talking about the Houston's defense is not much better. We did talk about them against the rushing game, but they also have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So you're the you know second pass or second option i guess you'd say third option if you want to count Hawkinson, like i said for uh matthew stafford here in this game i think hall's a sneaky play you know he's seen he's seen you know hasn't been great the last few weeks three targets but he's had games of seven five and things of that nature so like a kute this is a guy who you know flying on the radar minimally owned two percent of yahoo leagues again dfs could be a, a, a dfs goldmine for you if he does hit uh tomorrow yeah, you mentioned it. He definitely has shown flashes this year. The He has a 100-yard game against the Colts, who are a, a very good defense against the pass this year. So he has that 100-yard game, 18 targets in the last four weeks. So, yeah, there's a chance that he could, uh, especially with Galladay out, there's a chance that he could do something for your fantasy team if you uh, end up putting him out there for your in your DFS lineup or something like that. For sure. So there's another game, like I said, that, after the evening game was postponed. So we have Washington football team against Dallas Cowboys with some fancy points to be had here. Maybe not the best in terms of a, a neutral fan just watching the game, but there's some great options out there. 
My fantasy lock for this game is Terry McLaurin. That's simple. McLaurin, he he does it no matter who's the quarterback. Of course, Alex Smith now there uh, uh, starting, but you know McLaurin has done it this entire season with three different quarterbacks. He's seen at least seven targets in every one of the games he's played. He's uh he, he's he's seen like twenty four over the last three games. You know he catches a majority of the passes. Last three games, 115, 95, 84 yards, a touchdown mixed in there. And on top of this, Dallas Cowboys have allowed the second most fancy points to wide receivers. Uh, this, this guy is hot. There's no cooling him down. No matter who lines up behind center or who he goes against, really, he's going to put up some numbers. Uh, I know when he played the Rams early the season, he was shut down. But who isn't shut down by that Rams defense right now? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, I think they're the best best secondary in the league right now in terms of you know points allowed uh, and yards allowed and whatnot but yeah he does it uh week in and week out so without a doubt terry mclaurin is my uh must you know lock of the week absolutely i love me some scary terry especially you know i got my hands on him in a dynasty or two last year so <laughs> the way that he's been playing this year looks like i could have a good wide receiver for years to come oh i'd say so i'd say so and here's an interesting name that you have slotted down here in our show notes. Uh, a guy that, you know, we have high expectations for. And, you know, there's been a few down weeks this week. But I think people don't realize how well he has actually played this season. Yeah, and that's Zeke Elliott for the Dallas Cowboys. He, you mentioned it, he's had a couple of down games. And a lot of that was when the quarterback position was really in flux with, you know, uh, obviously Dak Prescott going down and then Andy Dalton had his concussion. So now you're dealing with guys like Ben DiNucci and, and uh, it's just not good situation at the quarterback position. But Zeke Elliott is a, a guy that I'm very interested in this Thanksgiving day because you look at his career Thanksgiving stats. And I was actually blown away by this a little bit because he's only played in three career Thanksgiving days or Thanksgiving day games. But he's totaled over 400 scrimmage yards in those three games. He has three touchdowns in those three games. And if he were to record 100 scrimmage yards this, uh, well, tomorrow, Thursday, he will tie Michael Irvin and Barry Sanders for the second most 100-yard games on Thanksgiving Day in league history. So he's a a great play on Thanksgiving Day, historically. So I'm just going to go ahead and try to uh, ride that wave and hope that he's able to stay as one of those elite Thanksgiving Day options. He's running back six on the season, guys. We mentioned those those down weeks. He's still running back six. So for me, he's an absolute lock as a starter, uh, especially, you know, it's a tough matchup with Washington, but I'm still rolling him out there for sure. Yeah, wa- uh, Zeke is matchup proof. And like you said, the people have been down on this for a year for some reason. But like you said, he, I know we expect him to be throwing with RB1 numbers, but RB6 in that situation that he's been given there in, in Dallas, you know, early season, that team was just pouring on points. And, you know, then Dak goes down, you get Ben DiNucci and Andy Dalton. And it's, some of those weeks have just not been fair to Zeke. But, yeah, I hope he has a great week tomorrow because he's, uh, uh, he he's in a lot of my lineups. He's a lot of my teams. I loved him going into the season, and I uh, – Excuse me, having a fair share of dynasty leagues, but yeah, that was interesting about the uh, notes there you had about him on fan- on Thanksgiving Day, and I'm say I'm I'm, I'm going to assume that it's safe to say that uh, he's played a lot less Thanksgiving Day games and is en route to uh, tie that record for most hundred uh, yard uh, re- or just hundred yard games uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So that's uh, that's easy enough there, Zeke. 
and Terry McLaurin. Get those guys out there. In our fantasy long shots this week, both of ours come from Washington football team. I'm going to go with Cam or not. Yeah, I guess I would. I guess I can announce it now. I was going to say go with Terry McLaurin's running mate, Cam Sims. He, uh, you know, it plays opposite here to Terry McLaurin, kind of the wide receiver two there. If there is the B one, um, you know, he's been kind of coming on. He's had a hundred, a uh, hundred plus yard game. What was it? Three weeks ago. He has one touchdown this season. Really, you know, not a lot there, but we have seen Alex Smith throw the ball 55 times in a game recently. Uh, um, so Sims definitely could benefit from that. Again, Dallas Cowboys, very, very poor against the, uh, Against the pass, Cam Sims could benefit here. Uh, we know we know Alex Smith. Um, we know Alex Smith likes to uh, check downs, middle of the field type of you know simple kind of passes, and Cam Sims kind of feasts on that type of things. The six foot five guy, an end zone target over the middle, uh, you know, kind of like a tight end in a wide receiver's body for say. I know he's a little skinny there, two fifteen, but yeah, he's a big target. You know, if Alex Smith is going to throw the ball you know, as many times as they have been because that running game is non-existent there because their two running backs are just pass catchers. Uh, we can assume that, you know, Cam Sims could be involved in this game. And if he is, uh, uh, you know, he is minimally owned. Let's see, I think it's 2% of Yahoo leagues, 1% of Yahoo leagues. So again, uh, when we're spe- speaking of DFS, you got to find those gems uh, to win some money on Thanksgiving and that two-game slate. I think he could be a guy for you. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the targets have been going up for Cam Sims. Four targets in the first seven games, and then 11 in the last three. So his usage is going up, and by the time you get done feeding Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, there's not that many targets to go around. So, yeah, I like the way that his usage has been going up, and that should uh, definitely result in fantasy points going up as well. So Cam Sims definitely... Definitely a dart throw, but definitely a dart throw that would be worth taking uh, on uh, tomorrow's slates of games. Yeah, and your pick here is kind of the opposite of a dart throw. This has been kind of one of those like waiver wire guys that you know every single week is there for you to pick up and slot in if you need a guy. Uh, just been that consistent type of a uh, type of tight end for us. So who is this guy? Yes, Logan Thomas, once again of the Washington Football Team. You mentioned it. He's on waivers, he's off waivers, he has a good week, he doesn't have a good week. He's a current tight end 17, which you look at those numbers and, man, that's pretty ugly. You don't really want any part of that, but he's had quite a few decent games this year that you can look back and say, well, he would have been all right to be in my lineup that week. And one of those was against Dallas last time. In week seven, he had four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown against the Cowboys, so that's 16 fantasy points. He's got six. 16 targets over the last three games and the opportunity is there for Logan Thomas and we've seen him be able to capitalize on it. It's not every week, but he has capitalized on it. He's probably a little touchdown dependent, but when you get that deep in the tight end pool, who isn't touchdown dependent? You know, there's, there's just not that many great tight ends out there. So a guy like Logan Thomas, yeah, it's, it's, a dart throw and you're taking a chance and you're probably going to need a touchdown, but he's shown a couple games this year where he can be that guy that can lead your team uh, to a decent, you know, he can finish in, at a decent spot among tight ends. Yeah, uh, I believe it was last week where he was second in Washington to only, ex- of, cl- of course, Scary Terry in both yards, receiving yards, that is, and reception. So 
he's getting a lot of looks his way and you know a lot of his excuse me a lot of his like you know work is minimal yards four or five yards here chipping away at a first down type of thing but like he said he's had a, a two touchdown game at one point this season he, he scored a few here and there in dallas last time was a good outing for him so you know, I, I talk about Logan Thomas a lot. He's in a lot of my B-team series. Is a lot of the waiver wire wish list podcasts. We see his name pop up a lot. So, you know, we're Logan Thomas uh, supporters here on the We Know Fantasy Podcast Network. So that's it for, uh, you know, the games to happen on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so we'll move along here to our segment of players we are thankful for. So these could be players that, you know, were waiver wire additions or sleepers we invested in early season that popped up for us or even you know someone we thought would be a wide receiver one or a running back one for us uh and we vested heavily in draft capital on these guys and they worked out for us so i'm going to kick it off here with a pretty obvious name that many people in the fantasy football community can uh go along with this james robinson i believe he's the current rb5 uh on this season and this is a guy that was not owned at all zero percent until he was named the starter there in jacksonville prior to the season uh, if you do follow us, make sure you do, because prior to the season, uh, Mike Watkins, one of our contributors, did a piece after Leonard Fournette was traded, and he said that, uh, you know, James Robinson will, at one point this season, he predicted to be midseason, not the role that he's in right now, would be the number one back in Jacksonville, and that there's no need to sleep on them. You know, a lot of people are going with the Chris Thompson route, um, the other guys that were there, but, you know, due to some things, James Robinson really got a clear path there, and he's doing everything he can. So I have several shares that because when Mike went out with that article as a, you know, huge Jaguar fan, as he is, I believed him and I picked up, you know, this guy before really everyone else did. And, uh, you know, when I can find a RB five on the waiver wire, any part of the season, it's a, it's a win. And I, I have to mention this guy. Yeah. Once again, when I saw this was a topic on tonight's podcast, the first guy I thought about was James Robinson because he's another guy that I have a ton of shares of as well that all those late drafts, you know, the drafts that happened right before the first Thursday night game of the season, I was taking him in the very last round of all these drafts just because I heard about the hype. I heard that there was a chance that that this could be the guy and and that – the reason that Fournette was cut was because James Robinson was so impressive. So I took a shot and it paid off. And hopefully the listeners and, and all the other folks out there and that play fantasy football, uh, they took advantage as well. And hopefully they have him on their team and he's, uh, he's just been great. He's been phenomenal this year for fantasy. Definitely very thankful to have him on my teams. Yeah. Uh, that goes without saying, and your first guy here is actually a guy that I avoided like the plague in drafts. I did not think he'd have the season he is having, but you <laughs> must have thought differently here with him on your list. Uh, so let's talk about him here, uh, Cody. Yeah, I absolutely did. And that's Stefan Diggs from the Buffalo Bills coming into the season. You mentioned it. You were either really in on Stefan Diggs and really thought he was going to be great, or you were really out and really avoiding him. There weren't many people that were in between and, He's been absolutely spectacular this year. I had him ranked actually as wide receiver 12 coming into the year, and he's been even better than that. It's unbelievable. He's the current wide receiver five in PPR formats. He hasn't had a single game with less than 10.8 PPR fantasy points. He has double-digit targets in five games, double-digit catches in two games this year, four 100-yard receiving games, four touchdowns. 
He's been an absolute fantasy game changer this year. And you look at where he was going in drafts, where you had to take him. In a 12-team league, he was going in the sixth round. So if you were able to grab Stefan Diggs there as the 25th to 30th wide receiver off the board, you got what you wanted and more from from Stefan Diggs. It's paid off big time if you were a believer in him. I was, and I've been rewarded with that this year for sure. Yeah, this is definitely a guy I missed out on. But who could have thought Josh Allen would have taken a historic step? Uh, you know, a rookie to sophomore year, this really does not happen. The way he's developed as a uh, as a pass catcher is absolutely mind blowing, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I missed I missed it on this one, and I have to give you credit for hitting on this one. Uh, but a guy I did not miss, and I'm very thankful that I have so many shares on is Tyreek Hill, the current wide receiver two to just Devonte Adams on the season. Uh, like you said, he um, he's another guy that had a low uh, draft capital. I think he was he may have been uh, below Stephon Diggs with an ADP. He was uh, I don't know what this fantasy football calculator had him as the as a fifth round selection here on average uh, between between the websites. So I don't know if he was really that low in, in your drafts, but I know he was a lot lower than he should have been, and he's proving that this year. Last year, a lot of injuries really kept him down and kind of kept him out of the limelight. Um, we, we know what he did there. Patrick Mahomes' first full season two seasons ago. Uh, but, yeah, this is a fantastic guy. I, no, I take it back. He's not a fantastic guy. He's actually a pretty horrible guy uh, outside of football, but he's very good at football, very fast, and that's where he makes a lot of his work 202 uh fantasy points on the season uh he's had one week below 15.6 fantasy points and that was a 5.5 performance against buffalo so excluding that every week's been above five to five 15.6 geez i can't speak he scored a touchdown in all but two games of the season has uh two multiple touchdown games uh, the last three games, 25.8, 33.1, and 27 fantasy points. Heck, he saw 18 targets two games ago. That is that is amazing. So, yeah, this is a guy I absolutely love that I hit on. I had him I had him up in my uh, top five of wide receivers. I can't recall off the top of my head where I had him, but he was definitely in my top five, and I drafted him as such, and it is paying off for me. Yeah, absolutely spectacular season from Tyreek Hill right now. You're talking 10 touchdowns, I think he has already, or maybe nine. It's it's one of those two. But yeah, he's just been so good. And I think what scared people off of him a little bit was that he's always, prior to this year, he's really been that boom or bust kind of guy. He had games where he wouldn't show up or wouldn't catch the ball or he'd leave hurt. And this season, you're not seeing any of that. You're seeing him being targeted frequently by Patrick Mahomes, who is <laughs> there's no other quarterback in the league that I'd want to be targeted double digit times in a single game from than Patrick Mahomes. And he's taken advantage of those targets. Three of the last four games, he's seen double digit targets, including an 18 target game against the Panthers in week nine. So yeah, definitely paying off. He's seeing a ton of looks, and it's he's been paying a lot of dividends this year. All right, and Cody, your last guy here we're talking about that is that you are thankful for is a complete surprise. I know so many people had this guy marked off before he even took an NFL snap. So, uh, 
So yeah, let's just talk about it. You, we, at this point, you know who we're talking about. Yeah, count me in as a guy that didn't believe in him, and that's Justin Herbert. But the guys like Justin Herbert right now are what makes drafting a quarterback early the worst possible strategy in fantasy football because this guy literally came out of nowhere. Nobody drafted Justin Herbert. Nobody thought that he was going to come out and do what he did, and even as early in the season as he did. So he's just showed up and been an absolute gunslinger ever since. Five of nine games this year, he has at least 300 passing yards, and he started his NFL career with back-to-back 300 passing yard games. He has 20 touchdowns, passes in the last seven games to just four interceptions. He's the QB eight, despite not playing in the season opener. And the reason that I'm extra thankful for Justin Herbert this year is because of what he's been able to do for Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is now the wide receiver three this year after opening the season in game one with a four reception for 37-yard line, where he only got you 7.7 fantasy points. After that week one game, with Tyrod throwing in the ball, I thought, man, this was a wasted pick. I should not have picked Keenan Allen. It's going to be a rough year. Then all of a sudden, the uh, unfortunate injury to Tyrod Taylor, where he was uh, suffered a punctured lung from one of the team trainers. And here comes Justin Herbert to save the day. And he's been amazing ever since. Uh, so yeah, Herbert, not only am I thankful for him because of what he has done and, and provided for fantasy teams, but also because of what he's done to help raise the stock of his teammates, including Keenan Allen, who I have a ton of shares of. Just wait until this team gets Austin Eckler back too. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, you said it all there. Uh, yeah, I'm a guy who never drafts quarterback early and look at this, Justin Herbert now 92% owned in Yahoo leagues where he was probably 1% if that coming to the season. Uh, but yeah, this is a guy that you picked off the waiver wire and is an, uh, is a quarterback one. He is a quarterback one. There's no doubt about that week in and week out. So that's, that's the fun of fantasy football is finding those guys like a Justin Herbert or a James Robinson that we, uh, you know, hang our hats on. Like we're some kind of, we're kind of some kind of guru here that, uh, you know, uh, actually predicted these things, but you know, a lot of times it's just some luck um, coming our way. But now that we talked about the guys that we hit on and we're all happy about, let's talk about the guys we did not hit on and uh, we're not thankful for this season. Uh, my two guys are, I think I'm going to say more for injury than anything. And uh, my number one player is uh, it's Joe Mixon. And I drafted this guy so heavily, so, so heavily. I had him, I had him, you know, uh, top five RB and people were sleeping. Keeping on him, and I was drafting him in the la- in the latter round of first round, early second rounds, left and right, picked him off. It's not really his fault. He's been in the IR for a long time. He's missed four games. Um, you know, on top of that, he uh, he he had that one fantastic game, forty two fantasy points against Jacksonville, where we're like, this is it. This is what the Joe Mixon we thought was going to happen. But besides that, he hasn't top fifteen point four fantasy points in, in his starts. Um. It just seems they didn't want to involve him in the offense. When he was getting carries, the offensive line still rather poor. So he wasn't getting the work that like that. But, you know, three touchdowns on the season through, uh, what is it, seven games, six games. But, yeah, just a major disappointment for me. A lot of draft capital invested in this guy. Really got a lot of leagues off for the wrong foot. And this next guy I'll talk about when it's my turn again. Uh, a lot of leagues I drafted both these guys. And, uh, you know, it really, really hurt me. 
But luckily, I found the likes of James Robinson on the you know, waiver wire to counter counteract that. Yeah, I have both of your two picks in one league, and it's actually the only league right now where I have no chance of making the playoffs. And and uh, it's the reason why is pretty obvious. But yeah, Joe Mixon, the injury, it it seemed like an injury where it's like, okay, he'll take a week off to get healthy and he'll be back. And then it turned into two weeks and three weeks, and now he's on the IR. And it's just very frustrating uh, as a Joe Mixon owner where, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I have him in a lot of leagues, but just haven't been able to use him because he's been hurt. And it's unfortunate because the team was looking half decent, at least, with Joe Burrow under center. Yeah, for sure. And uh, your guy here, this is a kind of surprising name to see on this list. Uh, Cody, who's your first guy here? Yeah, I kind of, uh, the, the way I went about this was not necessarily guys that have busted, but guys that frustrate me when it comes to fantasy football. So, so my first guy is JD McKissick. And the reason that that is, is because he's getting so much usage in the passing game. And these are looks that could be going to my guy, Antonio Gibson. He's, I mean, does Washington not remember that Gibson was a wide receiver more often than he was a running back at Memphis? Why is he not the guy that's in on these passing downs? He should be this true workhorse guy, but he's ceding these targets to J.D. McKissick. It's really driving down Antonio Gibson's stock, and you look at where he is, and Gibson's the running back 11 right now without you know, the majority of the work in the passing game in this Washington offense. If it was Gibson in there on half the plays that J.D. McKissick is getting the ball, he would be one of the best running backs in the league right now. So I'm not thankful for the fact that J.D. McKissick is stealing all these touches away from Antonio Gibson, who I have in quite a few leagues and I was able to grab in the middle rounds. And uh, unfortunately... Well, I'm, I'm fortunate fortunate enough that he's a top 12 back, but I just feel like he could be doing so much more. Yeah, I guess I can see what this is. I went a different route than you did, but this makes a lot of sense if you are a Gibson owner who could at this point be a top 10 fantasy option out of the running back position. But J.D. McKissick just is vulturing touches for no reason, really. He's not really productive with it. So I'm not sure what's happening there in Washington myself. So this other guy on my side that I mentioned that, uh, you know, I have a lot of draft capital in is Kenny Galladay. Man, oh, man, I thought this guy was going to have a season like a Joe Mixon. You know, I had him as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver flirting with top five numbers in and out of the season with injuries. Didn't start till work week three, then, you know, played through week seven and was out since he did do well when he wasn't in there, scored uh, over 14.5 in every game he did play this season where he played the full game, had two 100-point-yard games, two touchdowns, really got it done. But it's just a matter of not being able to be on the field when I'm investing a second or a third-round pick into a guy like this guy. Uh, it, yeah, besides that, you know, it's another thing like Joe Mixon. Every week he you know, comes out as questionable, and you're like, oh, this is the week he returns. Come Saturday or Sunday morning, Oh, he's been ruled out. Okay, maybe next week. And we've been doing this for four or five weeks now. And it doesn't say it was going to end anytime soon. Yeah, it's unfortunate for sure. This is another guy. I mentioned the league that I have, both Mixon and him. It was like 
Galladay was falling in the draft to me, and I waited and waited, and I was able to get him in the early third, and I thought, man, this is the steal of the draft. This guy is going to go completely off and be the pick of the year. And sadly, that I was mistaken with that one because he's barely been around. You mentioned the games he did play in, he was really good, but he just can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. It's an unfortunate situation for Galladay owners uh, all around. Yeah, and uh, the one guy here that we have left to talk about, this is a pretty obvious uh pretty obvious selection i think you're going the same route with your jd mckissick pick where it's not necessarily your shares in this guy that you're disappointed about but it's what he's doing for the rest of the team that you have shares in that's right because i have more Allen robinson than i can count but nick Foles is the guy that i'm going to talk about and he's absolutely killing everybody on the bears offense right now all of their fantasy value we, I talked earlier about, you know, these guys like Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen, and they're getting all these targets, these double-digit target games. Robinson hasn't had a double-digit target game in any of the past five games. And when you look at the Bears' offense, who else do they have that, you know, Allen Robinson's the best player on that offense. So I don't understand why when you've got a player with the talent and the size and the athleticism of Allen Robinson, who is going to win more 50-50 balls than he's not. Why are you not just force-feeding him the ball and throwing the ball his way? Nick Foles has been killing. And, and I mean, even the couple games where Trubisky was quarterback, he, he didn't throw his way either. And now we're in a situation where we don't know who the Bears quarterback's going to be. They're both banged up a little bit. So, yeah, the, the Bears quarterbacks in general, especially Nick Foles, have are people that I'm not thankful for this year because they're really killing my Allen Robinson stock. Yeah, I don't have any Allen Robinson stock because I was just so scared of the quarterback play there in Chicago, but I do have a lot of David Montgomery shares for the latter, but the same thing's happening to him. This offense is non-existent. They can't move the ball. So when they run, they know they're going to run. When they pass, they know they're going to pass, and they just can't really get anything going. So I'm with you on this one. This Bears offense is very disappointing. Al Robinson is a, you know, in terms of talent alone, a top 10 receiver in this league. It's just, you know, he's getting wasted away there in Chicago because they can't field a decent quarterback. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. So that's enough for uh, some football talk. Then we do our pick-ems Ladder or later, excuse me, but let's talk about some Thanksgiving Day food. And here's a hot topic, Cody. I'm not sure if your family goes about it this way, but is mac and cheese a Thanksgiving Day food? You know, when I saw this question, I thought about it and do I like mac and cheese? Yes. Will I eat it if it's at Thanksgiving? Absolutely. But is it a Thanksgiving food? No, I do not think so. Yeah, I'm with you. Growing up, it is it's never been on my family's uh, you know, buffet option, or even at my uh, my wife's side of the family, never see it there. But you know, I see people all the time posting their photos on Snapchat or Facebook or something like that, and they always have mac and cheese. And I see this debate year to year: is mac and cheese a Thanksgiving Day food? I'm with you. If it's there, I'm absolutely going to consume it. Um, even when we used to do our our Friendsgiving when we didn't have kids, I would make mac and cheese for our Thanksgiving because you know we didn't have typical you know. Thanksgiving Day foods there, so I, I'd make a mac and cheese. But I'm with you here. I don't think it's a. It belongs here, I guess you'd say. But again, if it's there, definitely consuming it. Um, but speaking of Thanksgiving Day foods, Cody, if you had to pick the superior of the Thanksgiving Day foods, you get one, one choice. 
one food only. What is it? Uh, well, my one Thanksgiving food, and see, this is something, too, I'm not sure how popular it is, but it's corn casserole. I don't know. Have you ever heard of this, or have you had corn casserole? I'm not sure the extent of it. My family makes a cream corn, which is, I have to assume, it's similar because it's like a like a green bean casserole, I'd say, uh, with uh, okay. but it's, it's more of a corn emplacement uh, on what we call it here uh, in my family. Yeah, this is just like you take a can of corn and cornbread mix and you kind of bake it. So it's uh it's it's almost like okay, cornbread, yeah. I guess, but kind of, you know, it's more like you said, more casserole, more like a green bean casserole kind of thing, but it's for sure my favorite thing and uh to be to go a little bit more traditional, I'll also say I'm a pretty big stuffing guy. As long as it's made the right way, I also like stuffing. So those are probably my big two right there. Yeah, I was about to say stuffing made the right way a nice homemade you know uh your mom or grandma or aunt or someone you know came in early and cut the loaves of bread themselves and you know season it just right so it's all it's not just a giant pile of mush like you make it out of a box where you know it's, it's defined and you know the textures are there can't beat that um another thing Cody are you a gravy guy no I hate gravy same man and I get ridiculed for it by my wife and her family <laughs> I can't stand liquid meat, man. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a gravy guy. I don't know if it's the texture or the taste. I, I just, I never ate it as, as a kid. And, you know, growing up, I just uh, was able to, I think my food tastes fine without it. So I'm, I don't. Yeah, that's, what, that's where I'm at, you know. That's where yeah. I'm at. You know, I, I don't eat gravy, but, you know, everyone else in my family, my wife's family do, does. And I just never really, really been a fan of it. Um, but before we stop talking about food, if you are, you know, you're walking through your your family's line or however you guys do your Thanksgiving, all the foods are there. What does, I guess we could say your first round of plate, what do you make sure is on the plate? What does your ideal Thanksgiving Day plate look like? What foods are featured? All right. Well, first off, you got to obviously have the turkey. I don't know. I'm, I've been reading stuff on the internet and I've heard that people make ham for Thanksgiving. Is that is that really a thing? So my wife's family, they make turkey, but they also make ham. So we have two choices there. Yeah, but I guess it is I've, a thing people do prefer ham. Yeah, no, no, I've never heard about. I've, you know, I've just always had turkey. So turkey definitely on the plate. Talked about the stuffing. I'm gonna double up on the potatoes. Give me mashed. Give me sweet. I like them both. I mentioned the corn casserole, and then we got to go cranberry sauce. But it has to be out of a can. Get that homemade crap out of here. That's not any good. <laughs> It has to be out of the can, <laughs> and then to top it all off, a King's Hawaiian roll. There's nothing better than a King's Hawaiian roll on there, and of course a slice of pie on the side. Give me pecan. If you don't have that, I'll settle for pumpkin, but that's the perfect plate right there. Yeah, I'm not a cranberry fan, but there is this like huge debate. You know, you're either you're either on the side of a can or homemade. Like, there's no in between. You're not like, oh, I can I can go for either. Or you're either a diehard can guy or you're a diehard. A homemade person. I don't think there's a there, there's a middle ground there for the cranberry guys. That's the absolute truth, and I am team can one hundred percent. All right, mine's a lot more traditional. I don't I don't do sweet potatoes. I don't do cranberry sauce, uh, and I'm not really a sweets guy. I'll, I'll eat that, but uh, <laughs> actually, it's funny because on my wife's side of the family, her grandmother knows that I'm a big cheesecake fan, so she intentionally makes a cheesecake for every family get together. That she knows I'm coming to, so just dig straight into that cheesecake when it comes to dessert. But 
course, you got your turkey, your stuffing, your your rolls, uh, potatoes, and then one of my parents, I uh, eat the cream corn we talked about. Um, I do. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys do like salads or anything, but I do like a nice salad with some homemade croutons. That's a a thing I really enjoy there. Um, but yeah, I'm more of a traditional guy when it comes to uh, Thanksgiving Day food. But uh, if you're at this point and listening to the podcast, and you guys have anything you know, different that your family has as a staple. Let us know, because I'm interested to see what, you know, it's always kind of cool to see what other people do for their, uh, you know, their staples when it terms comes to a holiday meal. All right, Cody, before I let you go here, I'm going to have to get your pickums for this week. So, so far I've had, of course, the fro used to be on here, uh, but due to prior commitments and, you know, a failed computer, he can no longer join us. But outside of the fro, I've had Will, Justin, Brian, and Nick here. So uh, I'm 7853 on the season. The fro was 45 and 31. So Will went nine and five. Justin went nine and four. Brian went ten and four, and Nick went nine and five. So right now, in terms of we know fantasy contributors, Brian, I guess you'd say is the king right now of pickums. You got to top him here at uh at ten and four. Uh, but you have the chance. You have 16 games in the slate opposed to his 14. There's no buys this week, so right. it's a little low favors you that way. But it could also be a downfall and a lot more losses you could have there so let's go thanksgiving day games texans lions i'm going houston who do you got uh same here i think deshaun watson is too good for the lions to stop i'm going houston i'm all right let's move on to washington cowboys i'm taking the cowboys here uh this is the turning point where they go ahead to win the nfc east and i'm on the other side i'm got washington i just love the alex smith story i want to see him uh do well uh, coming back from that leg injury, so give me Washington. All right, we have the Ravens-Steelers game here, which was once a Thursday game, but now is a Sunday game. I'm going on Pittsburgh. I think you have Pittsburgh written down here, too, so no debate there. Let's yeah. move on to uh, Chargers versus Bills. I'm going to lean the Bills as well. The Chargers just can't finish a football game. Yep, I like the Bills. Uh, Chargers also traveling across the country for a 1 p.m. start. Those are usually tough, especially with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and then we have Titans versus Colts. Uh, the Colts beat up on the Titans last time they played. I think it was two weeks ago, so I have to go with them again. Yep, same here, sticking with the Colts. All right, Panthers, Vikings. Uh, uh, I don't want to, but does Kirk Cousin win three straight games? I think he does. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I had to think a long time about it, but I also went Minnesota. I think Dalvin Cook will be able to run all over the Panthers. That's what we hope for. Uh, Browns, Jaguars, I guess I'll lean Cleveland here in this uh, in this one. Yeah, Browns are hot. Jags are not, so I'm going Cleveland. All right, here's a, a simple one. It could not be a simple one. We saw Steven tweet about uh, the guy, blinks in my mind, who's starting for the Bengals. Uh, who's starting for the Bengals this week? Yeah. Cody, you know who that is? Uh, Brandon Allen, is that right? Or Brandon something Allen, like that? Something like that. Maybe Brandon Anderson. Yeah, I, anyways. I, I forget. <laughs> It's, it, it, his first name starts with a B and his last name starts with A. That's as far as I can get. <laughs> but I, I'm just uh, going to take the Giants this, this week anyhow. Yep, same here. Man, we're pretty straightforward. A lot of these games this week, there aren't a lot of great matchups in terms of, you know, can go either way. Um, another one here, Cardinals versus Patriots. I have to lean the Cardinals. Yeah, same here. I think Kyler's too good. He's playing some of the best football in the league right now. Man, imagine being a 49ers fan and you have, you know, Kyler Murray... Jared Goff and Russell Wilson to go against for the foreseeable future. Fun times there. Dolphins versus Jets. I don't think we have to talk much about this one here. Miami all the way. 
Yep. All right. Las Vegas versus the Falcons. I'm going to lean Falcons on this one. Uh, they are the home team, but I do like what Las Vegas is doing. Yeah, I'm going the other way. I'm going Vegas. I think Derek Carr is going to have a huge game. I'm actually going to – he's my uh, streaming quarterback of the week, so I would definitely stream him if you uh, are looking for a quarterback in any matchup. Yeah, and of course he became a meme uh, since last week against the Chiefs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Saints versus the Broncos. Uh, i going to go Saints here. I think that's pretty straightforward. Yep, same here. I'm all aboard the Taysom Hill hype train, so I'm going New Orleans. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is fitting. You know, this happened before. I believe uh, I'm trying to remember who was on the podcast when our favorite teams lined up before. I think it may have been uh, Brian when the 49ers played the Patriots uh, earlier this season. But we have my uh, 49ers versus your Rams. And I just have to go 49ers just as a fan. (laughs) I don't know. The Rams look so good right now. The defense is so good. I got to go with the Rams. Yeah, that's if you were logical better, I think you would go that way uh, <laughs> either way. But the 49ers did beat up on that team rather easily last time they squared off. That's true. All right. Chiefs versus Buccaneers and a good one. I'm going to lean Tampa Bay because of the defense and Tom Brady. Uh, you know, he had a blunder last week, but prior to that was killing it. And uh, Tom Brady doesn't have back to back bad weeks. Yeah, I. it's going to be tough. For Brady this week, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned it. He rarely has back-to-back bad weeks, but I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I got to go Kansas City. Yeah, it's hard to. Uh, Bears versus Packers. This is the Sunday night game. Uh, I'm going to go Green Bay myself. Yeah, Green Bay. I think Rodgers is looking to bounce back from that loss to the Colts. And we have the Seahawks versus Eagles on Monday Night Football. I'm sure uh, NFL schedulers were expecting this to be a better game when making the schedule Hmm. prior to the season, but uh, straightforward here, it's Seattle pretty easily. Yep, Seattle, and it shouldn't even be close. All right, guys, so there it is, the We Know Fantasy Podcast Thanksgiving Day edition coming at you, joined here uh, by Cody. Before we sign off, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. It can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Cody, where people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. And remember, we are daily here on the We Know Fantasy Podcast Networks in terms of podcasts. So check back any every day wherever you consume your podcast for a lot more fantasy football content. And visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some weekly series and breaking news articles. Until next week, guys, we'll see you. <laughs>